Have you been searching for a community that gets it? Join me, your host, Monique, as we get real about the emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual effects infertility has on its victim. Let's connect and heal together. I am one in eight, too. Hey, friends. Thank you so much for tuning into Infertility and Me podcast. It's a pleasure to be here, and it is a pleasure that you have allowed me to be in your space, wherever you are, to connect together, heal together on this podcast. Appreciate you guys for all your reviews and ratings on Apple iTunes podcast. But if you haven't yet, please do me the honor of leaving a rating and review so that our reach can be much farther than it already is. And we can continue to spread the message of healing together, together. So thank you so much if you have already done so. But if you haven't, do me the honor, friend, of doing that for me and for the podcast so that we can reach more people that are silently suffering and so that we can all come together and create sisterhood and brotherhood in a fertility space. And if you'd like to send me uh, comments, feedback, questions, anything, you can email me at monique at infertilityinmepodcast.com and I will get your message and read it and thoroughly understand it before I respond back. So thank you guys so much for rocking with me week after week, month after month almost up on our first year. So I appreciate the love and support of you guys. Today's episode is sponsored by betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It is not a crisis hotline. It is not a self-help service. It is a professional counseling done securely online. I am a huge, huge advocate for seeking mental health therapy, especially during your infertility journey. Many of us have faced traumas during this journey, miscarriages and things like that. And I have used BetterHelp's services in their platform on their phone app and such. And it's very, 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 excuse me, user-friendly. And the service is available worldwide to be used at your own convenience. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, friend. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You can tap the link in today's show notes to begin your free trial with BetterHelp and get that mental health healing that you need, friend. But today's guest is Amanda Osowski. I hope I said that right. Amanda, please forgive me, dear, if I didn't say that right. I'm going to make sure when she gets on that I fully understand how to pronounce her last name. But she is the founder and creator of Heartfelt Beginnings on Instagram. And she educates, supports, and cultivates new families working together with infertility and postpartum doula uh, services. And on their website, you can get your $5 fertility roadmap or infertility roadmap. I'm sorry. And her on per her website, it says the journey may feel long, but this guide will help you get organized and stay centered. You can download it right onto your phone, laptop, or desktop computer, friend. And in her prompts, she helps to summarize your history, to consider where you are in your journey to parenthood and what providers you can connect with, what questions you have for whom and what you need to do to prepare for a a variety of categories. Her template is for monthly and treatment calendars. And if you're interested in support, uh, you can fill out your own roadmap. And also, you can schedule a 30-minute consultation through Zoom with her, and she can help you navigate and complete your own infertility roadmap. I think that's such a great resource to help you get your thoughts together. And it's almost, to me, seems like 
a small, short, organized outline business plan for your infertility journey and to help you get clear about where you are, where you've been, and where you plan to go, you and your spouse. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in Infertility and Me podcast. And thought like, oh, this will be easy, you know, like we'll just time it and track some ovulation and uh, negative pregnancy test after negative pregnancy test got really discouraging. And I went to my OB towards the end of the year and I said, hey, like my cycle length is varying um, from 32 to 39 days. Is there anything I can do okay. to make it more to better try to conceive? I got a phone call from her the following week that said, I don't think you're going to be able to get pregnant without technology. Mm. And I said, hold up. We hadn't even like talked about that possibility. So my husband's first sperm analysis was um, below normal limits in terms of the number of sperm and the motility of the sperm. And so we were referred to a reproductive endocrinologist and had to wait like three, four months to get in, get an appointment. And we went through a whole bunch more testing um, once we started with them. And so my husband did another analysis, which came back within normal limits and looking fairly normal. And ultimately we were diagnosed with unexplained infertility, which was a relief that like nothing was inherently wrong, but discouraging that there was something to fix in order for us to get pregnant. So we started with IUI and I had four failed IUIs four months in a row. And we knew sort of in the middle of that, that if it wasn't successful, we were going to switch to IVF. And so um, I started IVF. I had an egg retrieval and a fresh transfer, which was not successful. And so we regrouped after that and decided to send our embryos for PGS testing. And then we did another frozen embryo transfer in September of 2018, which was successful. And I gave birth to a baby girl in May of 2019. Um, I am also currently going through round two. So I just started my meds for the next frozen embryo transfer uh, last week. So I'm kind of right back in the thick of things in terms of my own journey. Wow. And you did say that your, your daughter was from a frozen transfer. Okay. Yes, are, you gonna do, are you going to do fresh again this time? I'm not. So yeah. luck, I'm very lucky that I have two embryos in the freezer um, that were both PGS normal. And mm -hmm. so we are going to start with transferring one and see what happens. Um, mm -hmm. My clinic has a really strict policy about only transferring one at a time. Mm -hmm. And so I had asked if transferring both was an option, but it wasn't for me. Um, so we will try these two as two frozen cycles. And if neither are successful, then we'll have to start back at Stims and in the very yeah. beginning. Wow. 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 So what was the inspiration behind Heartfelt Beginnings and, yeah. and, That's and all that? Great question. So my husband and I have been um, big mental health advocates. That's actually kind of how our paths crossed several years ago. And mm -hmm. when we started going through infertility, we realized that there was this stigma surrounding, you know, not being able to get pregnant and talking about how to get pregnant. And I wasn't here for it. And so we started sharing our journey as we walked through it on, on our social media channels. And I cannot tell you the influx of messages I got both from people I knew and people I didn't know saying, mm. oh my gosh, me too. Um, my son or daughter was conceived through IUI or IVF, or I'm in the middle of this process right now. I haven't told anybody, can we be friends? Can we talk? Can I ask you a question? I need advice. And 
it was just really empowering for me, kind of feeling, I didn't know anyone who had gone through IVF when I started the process. And so connecting with all of these people was a really great opportunity for me. And my daughter came kind of very quickly. My water broke at 35 and four, and she was here, you know, 14 hours later, she was small, uh, a preemie. She was in the NICU for a little bit of time. I had trouble nursing. I ended up exclusive pumping and kind of through all of those experiences, I felt like having been an IVF mom, it was a little bit different for me than my friends who had just conceived naturally. Um, I felt like my mindset was different. My experiences were different. My emotions were different. And I really wanted to figure out how I could support other people who were walking in my same path. And so the idea for Heartfelt Beginnings was born. Um, I started kind of in the postpartum space, supporting moms after infertility as a doula, and that very quickly expanded with the demand for infertility support. So um, I coupled my own experience with, along with my education. I have a master's in public health and I'm a certified life coach and those things together give me a really unique position to both empathize and lead people through their own journeys, anywhere from providing coaching and advocacy to them, helping prepare for and debrief after appointments, mm-hmm. talking through the physical, financial, emotional, marital identity type issues that come up with fertility treatment where to find support and everything in between. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And you, you know, it's just, it never ceases to amaze me how much feedback you get when you start sharing your journey. And it's almost like that's when the ideas come about on how you can support. Cause you, I, I kind of felt like, well, I want to give back, you know, and you don't know how you're going to do it until you start connecting with people yeah. and finding out what they, what they like and what they, what they're, they're longing for and such. Absolutely. And, um, I, I've just seen some really, really unique um, ways to serve the community like yours. And I think it's just incredible, you know, and um Hopefully more people will do the same, you know, because not everybody resonates with everyone, you know. So absolutely. Absolutely. That's and so I important. found, I mean, yeah. honestly, it's been so cool to see um, sort of the explosion of accounts, even just on Instagram, that people yeah. are sharing yeah. their fertility journeys. Because mm-hmm. three years ago, when I was struggling to get pregnant the first time, that didn't exist. I didn't right. find it. It was, it was only private accounts and it was very few amount of people. And so I am really encouraged and inspired by the amount of people being open and sharing their stories now. And I really try to utilize that as a recommendation for my clients that you got to find your tribe. That's the number one thing I tell people going through infertility is that even if you're not being public about it, you're not sharing it with your family and friends, you have to find your tribe because this is a lot. It's a lot to manage and juggle. And there are people who are walking through the same path and they understand it intimately. And so that's always my first recommendation is to find your people. Yeah. So you you not only provide, well, tell me a little bit about your your idea for the roadmap. And yeah, absolutely. that resource to, uh, to your clients and to anyone interested in working with you. Yes, thank you. So I just launched that today, actually. And the thought behind it has been... Um, resonating with me for a long time. Um, when I started preparing for my second IVF journey, I was trying to get back in that headspace of like, where do I start? What are my questions? Who are they for? What information do I need to collate together? What do I need to think about? What do I need to plan for? What do I need to talk about? And I just realized like this, 
would have been so helpful the first time I went through it. This, it would have been helpful to me right now. And I decided to create it. Um, I've always been of the camp that if you can't find what you need, you got to just make it yourself. And so the roadmap idea was born. And so the roadmap is a template that is, um, it has a bunch of fill-in space for you to work through your own journey, um, things that you have already tried, things that ways that you're supporting your body, ways that you'd like to be supporting your body, providers that you've seen, providers that you might need to see. Um, and then it has a bunch of prompts and it guides you through sort of the planning process of getting ready for fertility treatments and fertility appointments. And those come all with notes from me um, as if I were sort of guiding you or like leading a workshop on how to fill this out. Um, another really cool option that I'm offering is an add-on coaching session. So um, in addition to purchasing the, road, purchasing the roadmap, people can purchase an add-on coaching session and we can spend a half an hour on the phone or on Zoom talking exactly through their situation. And I can kind of hold their hand and do some guiding as they walk through um, figuring out their, what their specific roadmap looks like and, and what things that they need to do to prepare for their journey. So do you do more of like a coaching emotionally or is it just to help people organize their thoughts before they go into the fertility all uh, space? All of it? All of it. So okay. um, like I said, I have a history as a patient advocate. I have a master's in public health. And so um, I have a very high level of medical literacy, which I feel like is really missing in this space for patients who haven't had to explore that arena before. And so um, another thing that I offer on my website is an infertility acronym download. It's a guide to all of the vast amount of acronyms used um, when you're going through infertility. And so anything from talking about the emotional, talking and planning for the financial and the physical to deb you know, preparing for and debriefing for appointments, um, I offer any of those services. And ultimately, my goal is to provide the type of support that my clients need. And so ultimately, it's customizable per person based on what they're looking for from me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I did see the, um, the acronym download on your website. I like that you have so much that you offer and teach downloadable for people to, you know, take right away and to be able to get access to right away on their phones and stuff. And they don't have to go through leaps and bounds, sign up for yeah, the newsletter and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Um, you make it very easy. You know, there's so much, there's so much out there. There's so much information. There's so many people. And I had a lot of trouble in the beginning of my infertility journey, discerning what was legitimate, what was accurate, what was reputable, what was resourceful. And that felt overwhelming before I even got into the treatments and the appointments and the testing and the meds. And so I, I want to take all those variables out. I want to make it very simple for people to find exactly what I have for them and exactly how I can help support them. And something that I'm looking to roll out in the next couple of months is an expanded guide of that infertility acronyms. So an actual infertility dictionary, which would have definitions and examples of each item. And that would be a paid download that people could purchase immediately as sort of a, um, an instant education source for them based on whichever pathway that they're choosing or that they're pursuing in order to become parents. That's great. I could see uh, maybe some medical professionals uh, that have clinics contacting you and maybe wanting to partner with you for something like that, because I feel like when we go to the clinics, they don't give us all of the information. They just give us things specific to our diagnosis or yeah. just like a generalized pamphlet, which gives you a lot of information, but 
it doesn't cover everything. And then that's when we end up on Google, you know, yep. down that freaking rabbit hole, as Blair would say from Fabertility, down the Google rabbit hole, you know, and yeah, um, I, yeah that's going to be incredible. I can't wait to check it out when you're finished. That's going to be really you. nice. It's something really I'm really nice. excited about. Yeah. <sighs> but that's amazing, though. How you, did you ever think that with your, uh, your MHP that this is where you would end up using MP. your degree? <laughs> no, I did not. Um, honestly, this look like standing from where I am now, everything that I've done in my life led me to this point, And this is exactly where I'm supposed to be for the rest of time. Um, but no, when I got a master's in public health, I imagined spending more of my time in the clinical research side, connecting patients to clinical trials. And, and I did that for a while in the corporate world. Um, but I am so passionate about the, the journey of infertility, the struggle of infertility, what that means for people, not just for themselves, but for their relationships, their families, their lives, and how I can share my experience and my education and my knowledge in order to help them feel less lonely and less overwhelmed and less stressed out when they go through the process. Oh, forgive me too, because I said MHP instead of MPH. Um, gosh, I had my words that's all okay. jumping up. But no yeah, worries. yeah, um, that's... Um, yeah, I just think it's strange. And I don't, you know, I'm like, it's some instances where I'm like, you know, everything happens for a reason. And then there's other instances where I'm like, no, it's just that sometimes we learn how to, you know, turn pain into purpose. And I think it is very funny the way the universe ends up working out because like you who has that type of degree already in public health, and then you go through infertility and then you have the the credentials to be able to help people and guide them through coaching and, 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 and things like that. So that's really incredible. And I think that our listener friends will really appreciate the things that you have on your website available and, and um, hopefully getting in contact with you because I think mental health is so important along this path and just having somebody that's been there, you know, and not just some random counselor who's never at all experienced infertility and trauma, you know? Um, right. Absolutely. And that, that yeah. is really surprising to me. So the infertility program that I went through is at Northwestern mm-hmm. University here in Chicago. And part of our IVF boot camp was that we were required to sit down with an IVF specific counselor, an IVF specific mental health professional together as a couple and speak about our worries and our fears and our hopes and all of those things. That was a required part before we were able to get our protocols and our medications and it always surprises me that that's not mandatory in every clinic. I mean, I completely understand why it's not. And I think the amount of providers able to do something like that is probably minimal, but absolutely from a coaching and an empathy standpoint, that's something that I'm very comfortable with is talking about the things that you're afraid of and the things that you're you know, nervous about and, and how we can break those down and take one step at a time and make this journey less troublesome for you. Are you, are you aiming to attract people at the beginning of their journey? I know that you probably get a lot of people who are already like in the midst of it, been doing it for a while and just like freaking fed up. Yeah. But, but is your goal, it's one of your goals, your company's goals to get to people before yes. all of the trauma. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that going through infertility is a world of in its own. And ideally I would love to meet people where they're at before they see a reproductive endocrinologist, before they start down the rabbit hole of Google. When they're frustrated, they haven't gotten pregnant naturally and they're not sure what else to do, that's when you call me. Not that I can help you get pregnant naturally. I mean, I can, I can provide some coaching on that, but that I can walk you through what happens next. So it's not traumatic and it's not stressful because so many people I know who went through infertility treatments 
I ended up having really stressful pregnancies and or stressful and traumatic deliveries and or challenges with postpartum depression and anxiety because of their infertility experience. And yeah, my dream is to prevent that from happening. Yeah, that's incredible. And I, th- I think that I think that we need more services like that that are trying to get to you once before you go see the specialist. Absolutely. Because I feel like even though people will research possibilities of infertility, like I did, and I'm pretty sure you did. Of course. Before going to see the RE when you're just in limbo, you know, you got to wait a month to see your consultation specialist, you know. Yeah. And um, I think that we need more prevention for the mental health and the emotional aspect of the journey to have some tools in place. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Have some tools I'm a huge in believer in that. Yeah. I wish, I wish that I had some tools in place before we got diagnosed, but there's also not enough education within the health area of high Correct. schoolers and colleges as you know, not just as an elective health class. No. And they and it's so surprising. Like I remember my my public health class that I had, we talked about STDs, mm-hmm. we talked about pregnancy, and we talked about the basics of the anatomy of the body and the reproductive system, but there was no information on infertility. You know, and um, that was a long time ago. I mean, like 15 years ago, but still. Yeah, but with the fact that one in eight couples experience infertility, it's not uncommon. It's, it's, everyone knows somebody who struggled with infertility. And, and yeah, the fact that there's no education, there's no conversation about the fact that there's, people get pregnant in ways outside of just intercourse um, and outside of just intimacy. And so that's another conversation I have with a lot of my clients. And that's another thing that I write articles on is intimacy and infertility and what that does to your relationship and your marriage and your sex drive and all of those things. Because for me, it was super impactful. I mean, the amount of regulations around being intimate when you're trying to get pregnant and then when you're going through fertility treatment is huge. And it is something, again, that is super not talked about and you know, I was tired of having to call my nurse and being like, so when can I sleep with my husband again? Like, you right, know, like, right. Like when we, when you start IVF, it's basically off the table for like a good chunk of time. And, you know, you miss that and it kind of makes you have to connect in other ways and it causes challenges with communication. And so just all of these pieces of education and also supporting your identity so you don't get lost as a person while you struggle with infertility and supporting conversations between partners so your marriage or your relationship doesn't struggle during infertility. Because I have seen infertility bring people together and I have seen infertility pull people apart. And I just think that there's so much that can be done to prevent that. Um, You know, two people who ultimately at the end of the day want the same thing and are experiencing a set of feelings and emotions just differently, just need someone to help them communicate those things. And so these are all things that my business focuses on if we could stay on the intimacy space for a second yeah what is one way in the beginning that or um do you coach in a way that gives advice or do you coach in a way that leads and guides to their own understanding based on their own moral beliefs because i i just want to ask how do you help people um get back to that space of intimacy with their spouse I think that's a great question. I like to coach by leading. Um, I'm always open to giving examples, but I think that intimacy is such a unique position for each person. And I'm a firm believer that you have to find what feels intimate for you and for your partner. And so a lot of it is sort of a, a series of questions, you know, before 
before this period, what made you feel intimate? Was it only intercourse? Was it making out? Was it snuggling? Was it holding hands? Was it going on a walk together? What was it that made you feel like you could reach that connection? Where have those pieces gone? What can you bring into this space? What are your own fears, worries, insecurities about your body or yourself while you're in this space? Because I know a lot of women, a lot of individuals who are trying to conceive take it very much to heart that there's something wrong with their body or that they're undesirable, unattractive because they're on all these hormone medications that, you know, it's so challenging to be in a space where you feel confident and collected when you're going through this. And so that's another thing that we have to work through as well is how to support people who are going through that physically and emotionally so that they still have room and space to be intimate with the people that they care about. And so part of your, your, your services with the, especially in intimacy, um, because I feel like it doesn't just pertain, just pertain to spouses. I think it pertains to everybody else that you're close to. Yeah. Your family and things like that. Yeah. A lot of what I have conversations with my coaching clients on is how and when and what to share of your infertility journey. And so we are into, you know, what, where are they right now? What have they chosen to share with whom and how, what do they want to share more? Do they want to share less? why, where are those feelings coming from? Why are they choosing to share or not to share? And how can we work within those confines, within their preferences, so that they can still maintain intimacy with their family, with their friends in a way that doesn't feel like it's um, betraying their own trust or like making them vulnerable in positions that they'd rather not be in. So that's definitely a conversation we have regularly. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's so important, you know, and then if it's somebody that's not like connected on social media, they're not connected to a coach like you, or they're not connected to a therapist. Right. I almost feel like sometimes you need a therapist and a coach because therapy and coaching is so much different. Absolutely. A completely different vibe. And yeah. And I think it's I think it's necessary for both, especially if you don't want to be on social media and you don't want to be a part of any public um, right. like support groups, you know. A lot of people yep. were meeting and having support groups before COVID and now yep. they're meeting online and you know, you'll see people like they'll get on a Zoom call and but you won't see their face. So yeah, I think services like yours coupled with therapy, you know, is just absolutely adding more icing on the cake and the cherry on the top. And I am a huge proponent of therapy, yeah. especially for people who are walking through infertility. Um, there's so much that is out of your control when you struggle mm-hmm. with infertility. And that is a very unempowering experience for a lot of people. And so I think that therapists have a really unique way of helping you work through those feelings and sort of accept that you didn't choose infertility, but you are choosing to pursue fertility treatment. You are choosing to continue your dream to parenthood. And yeah, I think there's a lot of things there that a licensed mental health professional can help you work through. And, and I am not one. I, you know, I'll be the first to say, but when it comes to coaching and, and shifting my, absolutely, that's something that I do regularly with my clients working through sort of what are those feelings and where are they coming from and how can you sit with them and maybe look at them through a different lens and, and sort of all those tactics as well. That's wonderful. So to give everybody um, something that they could take away from the episode today, what is it that you would want them to take away from the episode most of all? and and something that they can start today whether it's uh, an individual kind of like homework or yeah couple with that's a spouse. great question um I think the number one takeaway and I'm, I'm sure many of your other guests have shared this is that you're not alone 
Mm-hmm. If you're going through infertility, it may feel incredibly overwhelming and incredibly isolating, but you're not alone. There are so many other people who are walking through the same path as you. And I always hope that that gives people some solace that they're part of this really intense tribe that they never asked to join forever. And I always say that once you're a part of the tribe, you've got family everywhere um, mm-hmm. and strangers mm-hmm. that you don't know when they find out you went through infertility, you have an automatic connection and automatic conversation. So I think the number one takeaway is you're not alone and there are services and support like mine, um, infertility coaches and resources like the infertility roadmap that can help you walk you through navigating parts of this journey in a way that feels less lonely. Um, And in terms of a takeaway or in terms of homework, I would always encourage people to think about their top three fears, their top three hopes and compare their partners and come to a place where your partner and you are very familiar with your top hopes and your top fears and that there's space for conversation around both of those topics. That's wonderful. I think, I hope you guys are writing it down when you, when you can, if you're not, I mean, as long as you're not in the car or anything. But <laughs> <laughs> that, that's great. That's a great tool to use that's actionable and, and can be really impactful right now because then that could also lead to conversations about intimacy Absolutely. with your spouse and opening up Absolutely. intimacy yeah. too. So that's amazing. Amanda, I thank you so much, dear. I'm not going to take up any more time. Absolutely. This evening. was wonderful. And I appreciate you so much. And I definitely want to collab with you more in the future, especially when your dictionary is available yes. online and everything. I'll definitely promote yes. it on the podcast. So listeners. Awesome. Thank you so much. With that. But you guys definitely go on her website and get her roadmap plan. If you just need a little extra um, clarity and get your business plan for your fertility journey in order. Absolutely. And Amanda, give us the social media handles and then also your website name. And then I'll make yep. sure I have it in the show notes too. Absolutely. So the website is heartfeltbeginnings.com and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at heartfeltbeginnings. So it should be easy to find me. Uh, and I look forward to connecting and please feel free if you listen to the episode and you have questions or you want to follow up anything, please feel free to DM me. Please feel free to email me. I am here for conversation. Um, that's the best asset I can offer anyone because I've been exactly where you are. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning into Infertility and Me, especially since I was outside recording today. Omar wanted to be outside, so outside we were. Thank you, Amanda. You're welcome. <laughs> I thought we must have been a little distracting, but thank you guys so much okay. for, for tuning in to the Infertility and Me podcast. Peace and blessings.